Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of 2010 Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today, I'm joined by MMA fighter who on May 29th will be main eventing and fighting for the strawweight title at Cage Fury 97. Hillary Rose, how are you? I am good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you. You got a big fight coming up. That's uh, that's phenomenal. Yes. Headlining your own like card. Is that your first time? My first time. Super cool. I didn't even realize it at first. And then my coach is like, yeah, you're the main event. And I was like, cool. Super exciting. So it'll be good to get uh, a main event on my belt and then go home with a belt. Yeah. Two for one. <laughs> two for one special. Yes. I yes, like that yeah. a lot. So you've been fighting amateur since 2014, turned pro in 2018, currently sitting at five and two. Is that correct? Did I do my research right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm right on the money. I'm right on the it money. It makes you feel old thinking, man, since 2014, shit, time goes by fast. <laughs> it does. It does. Because you have, like, fighters, you have so many fights, like, spread out. And then yeah, it's yeah. just mostly training. Like, majority For of sure. your, your fighting is training. 100%. And then it's, like, 15 minutes, maybe, yeah. I fight. And then it's, like, <laughs> now I'm back to hours of training. <laughs> yeah, it's that's not easy. I couldn't do what you do. I'm just a guy on the couch watching it being like, yeah, I would I would fall down right after that leg kick. Uh, <laughs> And I read that you got into fighting at the age of like 14 because of like high school sports. You have a specific thought in your head that you were like, screw this, I'm going to go into fighting. Was there any like moment in your life that you're like, all right, this is it, I'm going in? Uh, I was kind of like a punk ass kid, like at 14, like I was hanging out with my friends, you know, like smoking weed and like, you know, just didn't really want to do anything. And like, what, like I was a cheerleader in high school and like, I, I know most people are surprised by that, but I hated it. And so then, um, you know, I was just out with my friends late and doing whatever. My mom's like, all right, you know, we got to like get you back into sports. That's like your thing. So I wanted to box. Uh, so then I ended up at USMMA um, and I got into Muay Thai. Uh, and then I would work for my membership. So I would like train and then I would work for my membership. So like my mom couldn't afford it at the time. So I would just train and then I would work and clean the gym and do all sorts of things. And then it's kind of just like grown into now I'm like one of their coaches and now it's kind of, I run a kid's program and I teach adults. So it's kind of like merged into this awesome thing from when I was 14 to now. So I'm very grateful for them. Now, were you like, what was it like the first time? Because uh, we met uh, briefly at Lozon's MMA. Yep. And when I first started doing jujitsu, I was like eating Ativan and Xanax before I came in. How was it when you first started off getting into like mixed martial arts? I was so young and I started doing it with like my mom. So my mom came to classes with me for like the first month. Um, and then I was like so obsessed. I like looked forward to going every day and, I think it was something that I could pick up really quick. So I did Muay Thai for the first five years. I didn't start jujitsu till I was 19. So I was very intimidated by jujitsu. So I was around it all the time and like would watch it. Um, but I think like being that like young girl, I was kind of like, I don't really want to wrestle with all these dudes. Like I'm not, I don't really know. Like this is weird to me, which is too bad. Cause I wish I did. Cause then I would have did like high school wrestling probably. Um, but at the time, like it was, I had no interest. Uh, but then, yeah, like when I, every time I go, I loved it. And I think I learned really, really fast. And my coaches thought that I learned fast. So I think their motivation kind of like motivated me to want to show up and be there all the time. So that was super cool. And then they were like, you got to do jujitsu time to do jujitsu. So <laughs> then I was hooked. So jujitsu like became my thing and I, I loved it. And then it just all kind of merged together. 
Yeah, you get all the different aspects of the mix. You're a mixed martial artist, you know, just yeah, hundred percent. What do you at? Uh, what do you at right now for jujitsu? You brown belt? Is that right? I'm a brown belt. I got my brown belt maybe like a, a year and a half ago. So that was super cool, super surprising. Uh, you know, I think all people don't think that they deserve the belts that they get. And um, my coach is a hard ass when it comes to getting belts. So I like to think that I'm a much better coach when it comes to grappling than I am actually grappling. Like now when I grapple, like I'm kind of lazy and like, I kind of like go through the motions and all those like lower belts, they want to just like rip my head off. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to like, you know, grapple. And like, I went through that phase of like crazy, you know, sporadicness, but you know, it's good. I, I think, I, you know, I still don't think I'm a brown belt, but my coach is like, all right, all right, enough. <laughs> Until you find other brown belts that you can mark on the mats and you're like, okay, yeah, exactly. exactly. I just, I feel like I'm just a professional white belt with my blue belt. I, I like still don't feel like I can do blue belt things. And I'm just like, I, I don't like you can. I was just like, I think, I think this is a big mistake. Um, but yeah, yeah jujitsu yeah. is great. Do you rock with the gi at all? Or you just strictly no gi. I never did the gi. I mean, I mixed it up in the gi a few times because we would have uh, a few gi classes. Um, but my school's strictly like a no gi school. We don't teach really gi. Um, but I've mixed it up a few times. But it's not like my thing. Like I'm like with the fingers, and I'm like yeah. a little baby, you know. Like I jam my fingers. And I'm like, ooh. Uh, so it Everyone's wasn't uh, my thing. I think with the MMA like background, like not that it doesn't you know work for MMA, but you know the grabbing doesn't just fit into my kind of um game right now so maybe when i'm done fighting i'll mix it up with the gi i always tell people that don't know jujitsu i'm like they're like what's the gi i'm like you know when you go to a hotel and they have that robe if someone attacked <laughs> you in that robe you'd be fine uh, yeah 100 <laughs> like, everyone's like i don't get it and i'm with you with the finger thing like after i'm like i feel like i'm throwing up like gang signs at the end of it yeah like, oh. yeah it's like, I'm, I'm just gonna go home um so you were on the Dana White uh, Contender Series, I think, what was yeah. it, like, season four? Was that last season? Yeah, season uh, four, yeah. So I always like to ask these questions because I'm always a fan. It's like, how do you get picked for something like that? Obviously, you're putting in the work and the wins, but how yeah. are you, like, chosen for that? So I would hit up Mick all the time. I'd, like, send him messages on Instagram, and um, I would be like, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready. You know, I'd love to be on the show. I'd love to be on the show. Um, and I know, like, I had said this before, like, Mark Delagardi's not my coach, but um, he's very good friends with my coach and he, yeah, Mark, Mark is friends with Mick. And I think they had talked and mentioned my name a few times to each other. Um, and I'd reached out to Mick one day and was like, you know, I know, uh, I haven't had any fights and I'm not very active, but if the opportunity comes, I'd love to be on contender. And like, he shoot me a message back and was like, it's in the works. So then it was in the work and we kind of found out, um, February of last year, like right before COVID hit, uh, that I would be fighting in July, um, against Cheyenne. Um, and then obviously it got pushed back because of COVID. So, um, yeah, so it kind of just fell into place in a weird way. Uh, a lot of annoying Mick and just like sending him messages, I think was kind of the benefit of that. And, you know, just putting it out there and saying, Hey, I know, I, I know I want to fight. I really want to put on a performance, blah, blah. So then I was, I was lucky to get the opportunity and it was cool. How was it fighting with no crowd? I love it. I love fighting with no crowd. I think that it's awesome because there's so many distractions when you come when it comes to the crowd, like I fought in Connecticut once and someone yelled spinning back kick. And I've never thrown a spinning back kick in my fucking life. And I threw a spinning back kick and then I ended up on the ground. So it's like, you have those like, and like my coaches thought that it was like a teammate from my gym and they like yelled at him. And it, he was like, it wasn't me. I didn't yell that. But like, you pick up like weird things. Like you don't hear your coach, but you like hear the random asshole in the, you know, yeah. crowd who yells something. So I really liked it. You know, I like having a crowd. It's nice, obviously having fans and having your friends and family, but um, 
no crowd was also super cool. You could hear everything your coaches were saying and everything their coaches were saying. So it's kind of like, you know, a benefit and then also not a benefit because, you know, she can hear my coaches too. I feel like they should take the, uh, the golf way of it and just, there'll be a crowd, but when it's going on, just, just lightly clap and just let it, yeah, just, just stop. <laughs> I feel like with training too, you should like, I always said like, maybe you should train with like, when I did a jujitsu competition, I'm like, Hey, can we like hear your voice from afar? So I know it's you because everyone's yeah. screaming. So if the other coach is screaming, I'm like, wait, am I supposed to do that? Or does he know that I'm doing that? Like I'm always right, too exactly. that, Then I get tapped up. <laughs> I'm right. like, what just happened? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's so funny. Um, and that was a good fight with the uh, the contender series. It didn't go your way, but like I legit watched it. You had you almost had her in an ambi like early on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, in my mind, like I love the flying armbar, and it was you know I I told Steve Mays I saw him earlier in the day that day. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go for that flying armbar, and he's like, okay. And he's like, lots of people say they're gonna go for things and they don't. And I remember seeing him after and him being like, I almost shit when you went for that flying arm lock. Cause you told me you would go and a lot of people don't do that. Um, but I knew she kind of had um, an elbow injury on that arm and that it was possible that, you know, I might be able to get it, but you know, she watched all my videos and she knew what I like to do. So she was really smart at, you know, taking away my game plan and she was super, super strong. So that was one thing I really lacked and, you know, have been focusing on a lot. So it was good. So I always, I always thought about this when you're training for a fight, you're obviously watching their um, like, what is it their quips or what what are their strategy do you go yeah. back after a loss and like kind of like look at you or what maybe you did wrong like you really yeah. focus on like little things like maybe footwork or positions like anything like that for sure i've watched that contender series series fight with my coaches like 20 plus times you know just focusing on a lot of like tiny mistakes like oh you know i didn't get on my hip when i should have got on my hip this way or you know if i sent the momentum that way instead of this way i could have turned her um and yeah, always, we always go back and we always watch the ones I win too. Cause you know, you make mistakes regardless of what fight you're in. It's just picking up on those tiny details so that next time, you know, you're maybe just a little bit quicker or a little bit, you know, more on top of it. Sorry, my phone. It's That's ringing. Cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so coming up, you have cage fight 97 against Elise Reed. Is that, is that the name we're yeah. going up against? Who's the yeah. current, who's the current champ. And, but before that you had a victory at, uh, Cage Fury 95, where you legit kicked your opponent until submission, I feel like. I don't see that often, but you, you were throwing vicious leg kicks, and that yes. poor girl uh, could not withstand those at all. So that was, uh, no. that was a fun ending for that one. Yeah, she was a, a grappler. She was a brown belt and competed. You know, she's very active on, like, the jiu-jitsu tournaments and stuff. Uh, and I noticed right away she was very heavy on that front leg. I knew she'd, you know, probably want to try to take me down or at least get me on the cage. Um, and then the first few that I kicked her with, I could tell that she was, um, definitely, definitely, oh, sorry, definitely nerve, uh, heavy on that leg. So I was just taking advantage of that as much as I could. And, you know, as soon as I started to see her wither, I was like, all right, uh, I'm just going to keep kicking until I can't kick anymore. <laughs> and it was funny because I would see your clips on your Instagram and actually see you at the gym at Lausanne's a couple of times. And I always see you doing your handwork. And I'm like, dude, she's throwing bombs right now. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, tell yeah. my wife, I'm like, she's probably going to knock her out. And uh, yeah, you knocked her out with her leg kicks. You were even elbowing the coach at Lausanne's. I know. <laughs> and I was like, dude, she's ready. You're more than ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> you know, I hit her with a good few, few elbows. So poor Andy gets all yeah. the beatings for me. And um, I landed a few good elbows and the leg kicks. He was happy that I landed the leg kicks because there's a few camps he's helped me with that I wouldn't and I wouldn't throw a single kick in the fight. And he's like, man, I take all these leg kicks and then you don't even kick in the fight. <laughs> <laughs> 
How, um, what do you think about Elise Reed coming up? What do you see in her? How do you see beating her? So she's a super skilled fighter. Um, obviously she's worked her way. I mean, she's only three, and and she's already the champ. So she's had good opportunity. Um, and she's willing to fight girls who have, um, records. So, I mean, she's only three, and and her last few fights, I think the girls were like four and one and like five and two. So again, me being five and two, I think she knows that, um, the tougher fight she has, the quicker she'll be able to kind of work her way up. Um, but she kind of has that karate taekwondo style. Um, she's always moving and moving. It looks like she has really, really good cardio. Um, so that's something that I just, you know, need to be aware of is, you know, not getting caught up in her chase and kind of controlling the pace on my own. Um, I find that it's going to like end up standing on the feet most of the time. I think just that's like my ego, like wants to be like, I can stand and trade and move, but you know, a few good punches to the head and people start to grapple. So <laughs> that's just what happens. <laughs> yeah. I, how was it just getting like straight up, just punch like the first punch to the face when I was training, I was like, I don't want to get punched in the face at all. Like you just yeah. eat punches. You're like, yeah, hey, it's all right. I'll just throw one back. The thing is, the very first punch of the fight you get, cause you don't train like with small gloves that often, like you yeah. do, but you do like light training. It's all like tech sparring. And yeah, always that first one. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in this fight now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> K-O-B-K, kill, and I always kill. like touch my face. I'm like, man, I feel like I have a giant black eye and like, I never do, but it always like feels that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a difference. I mean, once you put those like four ounce gloves on, it's like, Oh yeah, this isn't, you know, 16 ounce, 14 ounce gloves anymore. <laughs> Now, again, I met you briefly at Lozon's MMA because you brought your dog in, Thug, and yeah. everyone gets attracted to dogs instantly, so I had to come over, and uh, which I assumed you named it after Rose Namajunas? That's right, Thug Rose. My last name is Rose, so I named him Thug. It just kind of worked out. She's my favorite fighter, so uh, he's a very goofy-looking boy, so everyone's like, Thug? Like, you named him Thug? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, he's after my favorite fighter, so it works out, and he's, you know has his moments of being vicious, but he's mostly sweet all the time. And I think that kind of relays back to Rose too. She's very sweet. But then when you get her in the cage, she's kind of a whole different person. Right. And what type of dog is it again? It's a golden doodle. Oh, so he's okay. like curly and like goofy looking. He almost looks fake. Everyone's like, your dog looks fake. He like looks a like muscle. a stuffed animal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he grew pretty quick. Uh, again, following your Instagram stories. Cause I met him like when you just got him and then yeah, yeah. now he's like a full grown adult. <laughs> yeah, he's like 75 pounds and he just turned like nine months yesterday and he's just huge. <laughs> just an absolute mind. He probably doesn't know how big he is either. No, not at all. He like sits right on me and I'm like, all right, let's get off. Let's go. <laughs> we don't deserve dogs at all. Like how good is that for your mental health? Uh, the reason I got him was for my mental health. Uh, it was something that I always planned to invest in but just I wasn't the living my living situation wasn't ideal and then I moved out of my mother's house and I was living with my sister and uh, now I live on my own so I knew that um it was something I needed I know I know I can't just be sitting at home alone in my mind and uh if I didn't have him I probably wouldn't be as much in a good mental place so um he definitely does a lot for my mental health and I think like you would know like animals are so magical and they can pick up on energy and they're so smart and i think you know when i'm upset he knows it and he you know he gets closer to me and he loves me and you know he needs me so i think because he needs me that's such a valuable thing just even for myself to know like you know he needs me i need to also be there for him um but he's the best animals are literally the best ever we don't deserve them whatsoever we don't your seriously dogs are great this is your best friend no matter what you do no you matter they yeah. love you no matter how much you yell at them no matter how much they go in the trash or they dig through your damn laundry uh i just can't help but love yeah them. 
Yeah, they're always by your side. You cut some guy off, you do something bad, they're like, hey, whatever, I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, after that, so uh, I became friends with you on Instagram uh, just because I like meeting new people, might meet new fighters and stuff. And then October 2020, you had a post uh, that, was a, that was a good video. It was pretty long about your own mental health and, and yeah. your stance on that, which I love. And I, I instantly reached out to you about that because yeah. I started this podcast in November. And I was in the works for it. And I was like, this is so yeah. cool. Like, I want to get you on the show. And I'm glad we finally did it. But can you elaborate on that video? Um, and you had one just recently, too. But if you want to put yes. those two together and just uh, catch everybody up. Yeah. Um, so for years, I've been struggling with my mental health. Um, I have severe anxiety. And, you know, I struggle with depression. Um, it's definitely something that, you know, you have to work with every single day. I think, you know, you know that on a personal level, too. Um, I think that a lot of people don't understand what it's like to have anxiety and depression, that it's kind of become like a trend that like people just kind of put a word to it and they don't really understand what it means. Um, but you know, it's debilitating, you know, some days you just want to stay in bed all day and you know, you have shit you got to do, but you just can't. Um, and I think a lot of people don't know how to reach out and kind of be there for people. And I understand that, like, it's hard, it's hard to say the right thing and do, you know, be a friend sometimes. Um, but it's hard, you know, I grew up with some trauma and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'm lucky. I was a very privileged kid. I don't mean that in a bad way, but you know, I had some trauma growing up. I suffered from like severe eating disorders and just at some days it's really hard to pull yourself out of the ground. And, you know, it, I think just being open to talking about it, um, has helped me in many ways. I mean, for years, I just would stay bottled up and, you know, just go home and cry or, you know, think about, you know, terrible thoughts that, you know, you don't want to run through your head. And, um, I think just even putting that out there a little bit, a lot of people reached out to me and I can communicate with some people who are also struggling and it's nice. And it makes you feel good when you don't feel like you're alone and there's other people who can relate to how you're feeling and you don't feel as, you know, fucking crazy or that you're the only person who's feeling that certain way. So it's good. I I've connected with a lot of really amazing people just from those videos. So I'm really grateful for that, especially like you, like, you know, we connected through that video and, you know, I'm grateful for that. I was like, you like crying. I love crying. Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I always love the people that don't have mental health issues that reach out and, and have sh show support that they, they don't understand, sure. but they're like, oh, I get it now. And like, say like we, we changed plans last minute and we're like, yeah, I, I don't feel good, but you're just like riddled in bed and you don't want to do yes, anything. Yes, 100%. Um, That's the story of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. So I tell people all the time, like, hey man, let's do it another week and then I'll see yeah. how I am then. Um yeah, it's gonna be tough too from the standpoint of being a a, a fighter. Like yeah. they think you're all just rough and you should be this stone. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that's and I'm really good at like putting on like a front. Like most people see me and I'm always like, hey, what's up? You know, like and really I'm like I'm sweating on the inside and like yeah. my armpits are sweating and I'm really just terrified of being here. Yeah. Like every time I go to Lausanne, like I'm welcome there no matter what. But every single time I go there, I'm I'm riddled with anxiety. And like I don't know why. Like I love being there. I love the people there. I'm super supported there. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like every time I go, I'm riddled with anxiety because I'm like, well, this isn't really my gym. And like, I don't want people to think that I'm like overstepping people's boundaries because I'm here and I'm coming from another gym and I'm getting attention and maybe other people aren't. So, you know, I, I like fixate in my brain so much that, and I know that people just don't care, but like, yeah. I can't, I can't like get that in my own head. And, but I still just keep showing up, you know, I just keep showing up and do my thing. I'm the same way where I'm like, I'm not even supposed to be here. Like just, just, yes. doing it. it was funny. Cause uh, you know, little Jesse, right? Yeah. yeah. So he like, was like, Oh, come to Lausanne's join, join my cohort and all that. I was like, okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah. I'm there meeting all the good people like Dan Walsh, um, Connor, 
Peter. And I'm like looking around like two weeks in. I'm like, this isn't the jujitsu class. This is the fucking MMA class. I'm like, what am I? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, you fucking duped me. I'm like, I shouldn't be <laughs> in this class. I'm getting absolutely ragdolled by all of them. But they're all so nice. But again, like, I, like in my head, I'm like, I shouldn't be like here. Like I shouldn't yeah. like. You know what I mean? It's like these dudes are yeah. all legit. And I'm just some fucking schmo just rolling yeah. around with them. But I, I always have those thoughts too, where you just like, you're like, is everyone pissed? Like, am I doing something wrong? And it's yeah. it's such a weird thing. And then you then you go and people are like, I didn't even see you there. <laughs> like yeah. you were there yesterday. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a like a very common thought for people in our in our like shoes. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And it's got to be tough, too, because it's like we both have the opposite ends of the stigma. It's like, oh, women are just sensitive and guys can't be sensitive. Um, yeah, exactly. I hate that. I hate yeah. that people think that. And even like with the fighter, me being a fighter, like, oh, I'm supposed to be tough. Like, I am the least tough person. Like, I am so overly emotional. Like, I watch like a five second video of like, you know, a grandma reuniting with her husband. I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> like yeah, anything. I'm sobbing always. Dogs and soldiers. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. That's Don't even like, get me started. Yeah. <laughs> like even just like engagement videos, like someone will show me something I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so happy for them. I don't even know them. <laughs> All right. So I always wondered this too, after a loss, good or bad, like how was that mentally? Like, how do you pull yourself back after a loss? Cause I know a lot of people get defeated and they just stay defeated. How is it, especially with someone with mental health issues? Um, how is that for you personally? It's definitely tough. Um, I, I definitely fester in my brain for a little bit because, you know, you think of all the things you did wrong and all the things you could have did right. Um, but I think just having like a really good support system, like my coaches and my teammates, uh, they kind of pull me out of that deep end and they kind you know, they get me back in the gym when I really don't want to be in the gym sometimes, even though, or it's like the opposite where I'm super motivated and I get in the gym like the next day. Uh, it's either one or the other. It's one I really, really want to be in and fix all the mistakes that I did and work on them. Or, you know, I'm at home crying and upset and need like someone to come over and like bring me a box of donuts and then tell me that I'm fat and need to like get in the gym. Yeah. Not you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, um, it's a hit or miss. I think it depends on how the fight goes. Uh, with contender, I was super, super depressed because, you know, I had a high expectations for myself to win. Um, and when I lost, you know, I was hurt and I knew it was a really, really good opportunity, but then, you know, like a month or so later, I was honestly really happy that I lost and that I didn't want to be, you know, ill prepared to go into the UFC. And, you know, unfortunately you see a lot of people have short lived careers in the UFC, like even locally, like, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm nothing wrong with them, but I don't want that to happen to me. You know, yeah. I want UFC and I want to make sure that I stay there and I do all the right things in order to um, make it there correctly, be very prepared to get there and then to be able to stay there as long as I can. I mean, fighting is such a short career and I know, I mean, I'm 28, so I know that I only have, you know, six or so years left. So I kind of need those years to be the most important years and, you know, getting a few fights before I get an opportunity to go back would be, is almost ideal for me. I'm yeah. totally okay not rushing. I think other people really want me to get in the UFC, get in the UFC. And of course I want to, but, um, I'm okay with taking my time and getting a few more fights and getting my wits to me. Uh, that way I know that when I am in there, I can, you know, hang out with those girls and, you know, perform at my best and not like lack a lot of things. And, um, winning this title is going to be a good one to add to the resume for that. So for sure, it's, it's going to be perfect. It's perfect. Um, have yeah. Have a strap, have a strap yeah. right over. What's your victory meals usually pizza always. 
So like even my last bite, I was super nervous, but like I just kept walking, like pacing back and forth. I'm like, it's almost pizza time. Yeah. It's almost pizza time. And that was the first thing we did. As soon as the fight was over, you know, we hung out for a little bit. I saw my family um, and friends and stuff. And then um, we went right and we got, uh, there was this place called Big Ass Slices. So we went and we got like some big ass slices and then ate pizza. And I'm not one who likes to like go out. I don't really drink. Um, yeah. So I just like wanted to go to bed and watch, you know, Shit's Creek. And then we got up in the morning and we left and that was that we went and got donuts and I don't want to stay out late. I don't want to be up really like you, once you are done, like your body just is done. Yeah. Like what is, you know, 10 seconds or it goes 25 minutes. I'm so emotionally and mentally exhausted at that point. I just want to like lay down <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> um, let's have some fun before we, uh, we end this. Um, Okay. This one came up on the flags. So I always like asking people, it's like, if you had to pick like one fictional character, like whether it be like movies, TV to like get in the octagon and fight, who would it be? Do you have like <laughs> this one person that you just were like, I wish I can just punch this dude right in the face. I've never seen it, but people always like pick like King Joffrey from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh my God. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, you no, know, I would go with Cersei. I would love to fuck up Cersei. I'm not that I, like her. I like her because she's really great, but she's also sucks. Like I would definitely, her that's a good one all right perfect i like that answer now i usually ask people it's funny that i always ask people because like, i think it's because i'm a mma fan and a wrestling fan what is yeah. your walkout theme song my walkout theme song is uh girl by uh it's been my theme song for a few of them hey there's people working downstairs so uh, here. understandable um uh, just a girl by no doubt uh it's one of my favorite songs i really like the song because i think that i can kind of relate to it um if you don't know what the song's about it's kind of about being a girl and being vulnerable and like kind of having like this expectation of how girls should be and that like you know she's kind of trapped in this world where like girls have when she first wrote the song it, like how people are overprotective of females and only females can do certain things. And I think being in a male dominated sport, uh, it was a really cool song and like, I can relate to it. And every time I hear it, I'm so fired up. Um, cause I am, I'm just a girl and you know, I'm here to show up and prove that, you know, guys can't just, you know, run this sport that girls also can come in here and show up and put on a good performance. So I love the song. And, um, I think a lot of people also like the song. I think I tell people and they're always like, yeah, Great song. Thug. That that's an absolute jam. Is that on Magic Kingdom the album? Is that on that one with um Yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah, on... that <laughs> there he is. He came in looking all proper. Um yeah, that's a great album. That's actually a great song. I remember liking No Doubt early in my career. I'm like, wow, girls do fucking rock. Like, you know what I mean? Like being a young kid not understanding. Like Alanis Moore said No Doubt was my shit when I was like a kid. I was supposed to see her um and then COVID happened. So she was going to be uh, at the Tweeter Center and yeah. then never happened. So I'm bummed about that, but love Alanis Morissette too. Uh, that whole, that, that album uh, is just phenomenal. I love, I'm a big music person and those, yeah, yeah. those two are legends. Um, so, and then I will wrap up with this before we say goodbye. What are three things that you are grateful for right now? Um, right now I'm super grateful for um, my team. Um, they have been around for a lot of my struggle and they always have my back. I think, you know, I love my family to death, but they don't see me as often as, you know, the members of my team. Uh, I'm so grateful for them. They're there for me whenever I need a phone call or someone to talk to or a hug. So super grateful for them. And even like Lozon, I'm so grateful for Joe and Steve Mays and Andy, you know, they go out of their way to help me get better and be better in this sport. Um, 
I'm super grateful for Thug. Uh, it was the best investment that I have ever done for myself. Uh, he is just, you know, the best thing ever. And, you know, I'm just grateful for, you know, myself. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but for being able to control my mental health and put myself in a good place. And I'm just grateful for that. And just being able to, you know, wake up every day and live life every day, um, whether it's a good day or a bad day. So that's really it. Fuck yeah. Those are good. I like those a lot. Hillary Rose, you can catch her May 29th. She'll be fighting and winning the strawweight title at Cage Fury 97. Damn right. And you can uh, you can watch that at what? The UFC Fight Pass? Yep, UFC Fight Pass in the main event. So it'll probably be like after nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a couple of drinks in first, then tune yeah. in. You never miss yeah. the main event anyway. So that's the, uh, that's the that's the money move. Well, Hillary, thank you so much. I love you so much. And good luck to you with everything you got going on. Thank you. I appreciate you and appreciate your time. And um, I'm glad that we could chat. Definitely. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.